1: University of Washington recently did a study and asked women when is your husband most attractive to you and the top answer when he's doing housework okay can I get an amen yeah it's a very women fueled amen right there I think that's particularly relevant today there was another study by the University of California uh, that was set up to measure the effect of male sweat on women Oh yeah and they took all these women and they applied some male sweat to the top of their lip. They didn't tell them what it was, okay? They just told them it was a household product. And uh, so they, they, they uh, I'm sure some of them got slaughtered afterwards. But anyway, uh, they put this male sweat on the women's lips. And then they put sensors on the women, on their brains and around to, to measure the kind of physiological response to them having The male sweat on the top of their lip, and so the women were wired up. And they measured the effects. And when they realised actually that women became more relaxed, they became happier, and they became more romantic. So if when you get home today your husband takes out the Hoover and starts running around the house like a madman trying to work up a sweat, you'll know exactly why. And if I see you in the message, kind of the men just going, oh. Reaching over and putting their arm around, yeah, you know what, actually. Men, if you can't be bothered with all the work involved, I'm going to be selling bottles of sweat afterwards, so you can just... Okay, so let me just get back on track, if I can. Today is Mother's Day, um, and I heard a uh, a story a couple of weeks ago about a primary school teacher who, uh, she had uh, spent a whole term teaching her class about magnets, about the properties of a magnet, about the North Pole and the South Pole, and electromagnets, everything to do with magnets. And they got to the end of the term, and she'd spent obviously weeks on this, and she thought, I'm just going to give them a test. And so she put the test in front of them, and the first question, she thought, I'll just make an easy one for the first question. And and the first question was, um, my name is six letters long, and I begin with an M, and I pick things up. What am I? More than half the class wrote, mother. Mother. Apparently. Yeah. So we're in our series looking at discovering our God given capacity. And today my title is uh, Discovering My God Given Capacity to Keep Going. To Keep Going, which I think is particularly relevant to mothers who uh, generally have to keep going uh, when lesser humans might have given up. But it's not a message today just for mothers, okay? It's a message that we're all going to learn from, hopefully, uh, that we can all take something away. And to keep going, to, to endure, is, is actually an essential kingdom principle. To keep going is, an, is, is a kingdom principle, and it should be a way of life for anybody who is a follower of Jesus Christ, a disciple. And my message is going to be slightly different today. I'm going to have a bit of help in delivering some of the points that I've got to make. Over the last week, I've been videoing various uh, people, various partners in the church on this subject. And we're going to hear from them, uh, giving their testimonies at various points. Uh, The first thing I want to say on this subject is uh, God invented mothers. God created (coughs) mothers. In Genesis 1 verse 26, it it says... uh, Sorry... In his own image. God is neither male nor female. God created men and women in his own image. And we are both, men and women, created in the image of God. God designed men and women to represent him. His image. His character. And I think male and female represent different aspects of God's character, of God's image. And there's a warped understanding of creation that implies that men are created in the image of God and women are created more of a secondary creation, more of a, as, an, as an afterthought, cobbled together. And can I just say that any philosophy or religion or thinking that puts women as subservient or as under or in any way inferior to men is completely going against God's design and against God's plan. It's just not the way things were made. Now, I know that all popular images of God do portray God as a a male figure, Um, but I can prove to you that God is not male. No man would be clever enough to have created something as complex and baffling as a woman. (laughs) How many men do you know who have half an idea what's going on in their wife's head at any given moment? I hope you liked uh, the newsletter this week, the little thing at the top. It said, uh, Dads. Uh, Sorry, he said, mums, they're like dads, only smarter. And I thought, yeah. So women and mothers are created in the image of God. And I think there are are aspects of a a mother's, particularly a mother's character, that are directly related to the character of God. And we're going to explore three of these character traits. And the scripture we're looking at today is uh, from Paul's letter to the church, uh, to to the Thessalonian church. Okay, let's have a, a quick look at this. To the church of the Thessalonians, in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you. We always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. We remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labour prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. So there's three things there. We've got work produced by faith, labour, Prompted by love and endurance inspired by hope. Now you could take these three things and you could make general, um, universal, psychological principles uh, to live by. If you put these three things just into practice, generally speaking, uh, you're going to get good results. For example, you might say that, oh well, faith in yourself, faith in your own ability um, will produce good work. You might say that your love for someone or for something or even for a, for a product could inspire you to work hard on behalf of that person or, or thing. And you could say that you, you, if you hope for a win or for a better future or even a wage rise, it might bring about a measure of endurance. It would help you to continue and uh, to keep going in order to, to fulfil that hope that you've got of something better in the future. So... Uh, Taking these three things as general principles is okay, it's fine. But it's not not what the Apostle Paul was intending. It's not what he was talking about when he wrote it. He applies all of these principles in relation to God. For example, at the start, he gives thanks to God the Father um, for these things. So he gives thanks to the Father for providing these attributes. He says at the end, he says that God... Uh, the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, is the one that these are, um, is the object of our faith and our love and our hope. So God the Father is the source of them, and Jesus, God the Son, is the, uh, is the object of the faith, hope, and love that we have. And then later on in verse 5, he, he talks about the Holy Spirit and he says that, um, essentially saying that these attributes are available to us because of the work and the power of the Holy Spirit that is in us. So there's kind of the trinity mentioned in this in this in this short passage. Uh, God the father who is the source of them, God the son who is the object of our faith of, the, of our hope and of our love, and the holy spirit who makes it possible for us to live with these three things. So they're not just self-improvement principles. They're god-centered kingdom principles that when you apply them to the right object or uh, apply them to the right object from the right source they're going to bring about eternal significance and eternal meaning to our lives. So these three attributes, work produced by faith, labor prompted by love, and endurance inspired by hope, are attributes available to us all. We can see them clearly in the role of, of motherhood, but we see them most clearly and most perfectly in the character of God. Okay, We see faith and we see hope and love in the character of God. Let me just give you some examples. There are, there are tons of examples of God's faithfulness, but I've just picked one. In the book of Hebrews, it says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. He who promised is faithful. We know that. We know that whatever he says, he will do, because he is 100% faithful. In 1 John it says, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Vlad already talked about that this morning uh, in reference to communion. God is 100% love. This is part of his character. He can't be anything else but love. And all the other aspects of God are connected and related to his love. So when we think about what we're going through or what God is doing in our lives, we know that the motivation is God's love for us because he is love. So, God is the God of faith, He's the God of love, but He's also the God of hope. In Romans 15, it says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So, we get to have that hope with us because of the Holy Spirit, and because He is the God of hope. He's the God of faith, He's the God of love, and He's the God of hope. So, the faith, hope, love that are in us, they're not just general life improvement principles. But they are profound theological realities. They are distinct attributes of God's character and he's put them as a possibility uh, for us to have them as well. God is faithful. God is love. God is the God of hope. And they're available to us made in his image. Made in his image. So what we're going to do, we're going to hear and we're going to see some real life examples of these, uh, these godly attributes in three videos that I've put together um, this last week. Now, in these interviews, we're going to see in clear detail this relationship between work and faith, uh, between labour and love, and between endurance and, and hope. Now, endurance and keeping going is, um, is something that society doesn't really put a lot of store on these days. I don't think, you, if you think about relationships um, that break up and... Um, people who um, uh, kind of leave job, move from jobs to job. There's not a sense of endurance. And even in ministry, um, people, uh, you know, switching ministries and and, and changing their minds about things. And, you know, when things get hard, people stop. And we we live in a culture that uh, kind of wants to move quickly from one good thing to the next good thing to the next good thing, rather than enduring in a particular area. And often in our lives, as disciples of Jesus, we are called to swim against the current. We need to swim against the tide of the public opinion and the, public way of, and the society's way of doing things. And that's why we need endurance. The ability to keep going is so crucial as, as a disciple of Jesus. Well, let's have a look at this first video. Um, this is um, Richard and Wendy um, who uh, kindly agreed to be videoed. And uh, let's just watch this and then we'll uh, move on uh, with our talk.
2: I'm Wendy and this is my husband Richard and we've been married for just over 11 years and um, this is our seventh year living in England so we spent most of our marriage over
0: here.
2: Um, well, I can't, I can't quite say how many years it's been going on for because it's been a while but it's been on my heart to have children for most of our marriage so it's something that's been a long time coming and we first sort of I think it was when we were still in South Africa, um, which was like 2008, that I thought there might have been a problem. And we went to the doctor over here in 2009, and they picked up something which they said shouldn't be a problem, but something to keep an eye on. Anyway, we've we have sort of standing against that, and you know, we're trusting that that it's not going to be a problem for us that that particular medical issue. And I've had. A lot of needles in my arm, a lot of blood tests, um, lots of doctors consultations and they can't really find anything wrong medically, aside from that one that one issue which is not a, not a prevention, it's just a, something that you have to kind of keep your eye on. Well for me it's not so much a happy occasion. Um, it's just a reminder of, of what we don't have yet and it can be quite tricky, you have the constant ads on TV, you know, you've got things on social media and um, it's not my favourite day but it's, let's put it that way. Generally I try to, put, to be brave and just smile and carry on with you know with my normal life as, as best I can but there right are days when I just sort of retreat into my shell and I just withdraw like a little hermit crab. and. You know, when I'm feeling particularly sad, that's
3: just the way the way that I, I deal with things. At first, I thought I needed to be strong and I needed to be the one that she could, you know, rely on. And I didn't. I can never show any emotion, and I need to be solid like a rock for her to, to support her. But actually, what I realised after a while is that it's alright for me to hurt, um, and it's alright for her to see me hurting because if she doesn't, she could often think that. Because I'm trying to be strong and putting on a brave face, she could think that it doesn't affect me as much as it affects her. And then she could feel even more isolated. Um, but yeah, I'm obviously still there to support her. But I don't need to be putting on a brave face all the time. I can actually let her see that it's that it's getting to me at times.
2: I think I would have. this would have broken me a long time ago if I didn't have my faith as, as that rock, you know, just to keep me going, keep me going and last year we had a particularly rough week and um, we were contacted by three different people um, three different friends who said that god had laid on on their hearts to pray for us and that just meant so much to me because it meant that he could see what we were going through He could see how what we felt in it it was really cool to just have that reminder that comfort from god and you know every time every so often we just kind of get a little reminder and just, you know, just keeps us going a little bit, you know, a
3: little bit longer. That is what faith is, every single day, believing what the Bible says over what science says, what, what the doctors say, what uh, your circumstances say, and actually believing what the Bible says regardless, and it's, it's that stubbornness almost, that you've got to be, that's what faith is, it's not pretty, it's not flowery, it's, it's scary, it's real, and it's very difficult.
2: it's such a taboo subject and people don't want to talk about it but I think it's really important to to find a mature Christian couple that you can confide in and who can stand with you and pray with you and encourage you because you, you really need that. You can't do it alone. You know, you need that, that Christian support, those people to hold you up in prayer.
3: If, um, if we've noticed anything from, from our point of view, uh, the the one thing that we really struggled with is the feeling that, that you're all alone, the devil tries to isolate you in these things and you, you're not all alone, you've got people standing with you and I think it's important to know that.
2: Just say that Richard and I, if someone who's watching this and is going through the struggle would like to talk to us, they must be free
3: to do that. Um, you know, we were talking earlier about faith and if you've got faith for something and you see it start to happen, uh, and you see it growing you can then look and go okay well you can believe for the final product when you see it but you can't be a little bit pregnant you either are or you aren't and when you have so many times of not and so many months of trying and then you wait for the test and it's negative and you kind of go on and and we've also had quite a few positive tests and then they've turned negative later on and you just kind of go well it's just, you feel like you've just gone back to square one again, but you're believing for this miracle, but it just keeps every month not happening. And I think that's what makes this particular thing very difficult from a faith point of view, um, because it's, it's, it's either all or nothing.
1: It's endurance uh, because of hope and it's it's a it's a work by faith and that's endurance right there i love i love them talking about their faith as not something that's pretty or flowery but it's scary and it's difficult and faith isn't just blindly hoping that something's going to happen or that circumstances are going to change faith is is saying i'm going to pray for this outcome and i'm going to i'm going to i'm going to push in for this outcome but i'm not going to let my circumstances affect my trust in the one who can change things. Faith is difficult and it's hard. Do you think it was easy for Abraham and Sarah in the Bible? I think it was easy for them to hold on to the promises of God as they reached extreme old age and they still hadn't had a child? Or do you think it was easy for, for Shadrach and, and Meshach and Abednego who um, face the king and they say, well, you can put us in the furnace. Um, we have faith that our God can save us. But even if he doesn't, our faith is not going to be shaken. Our faith is not going to change. We think he can. We know, In fact, we know that he can. But even if he doesn't, our faith is still going to be the same. And we see difficult faith and hard faith again and again throughout the scriptures. Another example is the parents of of John the Baptist, Zachariah and Elizabeth. And... These couple, they pray all their lives for a child. They pray, they keep praying for years and years and years. And then it gets to a point where they realise, actually, it's no longer humanly possible for them to have children anymore. And so they stop praying. Their faith in God doesn't change. But they no longer believe that the outcome that they desire can possibly happen. They don't do anything wrong. In fact, the Bible is at pains to tell us uh, that they are righteous in the sight of God. It says uh, um, that they did everything that the Lord commanded blamelessly. They walked blamelessly, um, but they're old and they haven't been able to have children and they stop praying. And there's lack of a desired outcome. It doesn't move them away from God. But faith in these circumstances is so hard. It's when we need endurance. And it's often, uh, it's, a long, it's a long distance race. And it's only by the power of the Holy Spirit in us that we can keep going. But the capacity is there. The capacity is there in us to endure. And we know that an angel appears to Zachariah and he says to him, the prayer that you no longer pray has been answered. It's been answered. That prayer you no longer pray, God has heard it and has answered it. You're going to have a son. And John the Baptist then comes into the world And I want to publicly honour Richard and Wendy to share this difficult testimony. But I want to let it also inspire you. Don't just take this away and say, oh, that's sad. Let it inspire you. Whatever you're praying for at the moment, whatever thing it is that you're praying to God for, that you're seeking God for, whatever circumstances that you need changing in your life, whatever outcome is on your heart, keep going, keep praying, keep enduring, keep your faith strong no matter how difficult yes we know faith can be difficult but God has put that power and ability that capacity within each of us okay I'm going to play the second video now um this is uh Lydia again another partner in the church who's going to talk about um her situation
0: hi I'm Lydia (coughs) Um, I have been married for five years on March the 5th, so the day before Mother's Day. Um, And we have a daughter who is six months old named Olivia Rose. Um, This Mother's Day is very different to all others. It's really a symbol of God's blessing and faithfulness to me. Um, Olivia was very much, or is very much an answer to prayer. Um, She was not an instantaneous answer to prayer and we spent all of 2013, all of 2014 and the majority of 2015 praying for the blessing that she has been. And I have felt that coming to the Wednesday night prayer meetings has been an integral part of seeing that answer to prayer. Um, And not just because the prayer was answered, because for a long time it wasn't, Um, but it took me on a journey that grew my faith to a point and saw my relationship with God grow to a stage where I felt that the prayer could be answered. I just kept seeking God and I suddenly kind of came to the realisation that God... I knew, I, I knew that God can answer prayer. I knew that God can do anything. That he can move in the miraculous. But it is very hard when you're perhaps not seeing answers to prayer readily. But I came to the realisation that God wasn't just there to give us things. Because he'd already um, given us the greatest gift that there is in terms of our salvation. And actually, if there was never any other answered prayer, which, you know, I was sure that there would be, but if there was never anything else, then he'd already done that. And when I got to that stage, I felt that then he could really move in my life. I'm exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> um, I used to use the words exhausted a lot before having her, and I realised
3: I don't, I didn't
0: know what it meant actually. But um, no, she, it, it's just such a difference to for someone who's quite self-sufficient to have someone who's completely dependent on you, and all of their needs are now the priority. And so having been quite independent and gone around and done pretty much whatever you wanted whenever um, it's it's quite different to then being caring for um, a child and you have to become a lot less selfish I certainly cry out to God a lot more than I used to Um, I think I don't know, seeing how Olivia is and she hasn't really done anything, um, but I love her. And it reminds me that that is how God is with us. He just loves us for who we are and we don't have to do anything. Um, I think the issue is I don't have a clue what I'm doing <laughs> there's, a, there's not one issue it just seems very and I think parent, parenthood just seems so massive it seems so daunting it seems like how will I ever get this child to a point where they are safe healthy well rounded faithful knowing God it just seems so huge so in thinking of how big parenthood is as it stretches before me um, I've been reading Psalm 121 which says um, I lift up my eyes to the mountains where does my help come from my help comes from the Lord the maker of heaven and earth he will not let your foot slip he who watches over you will not slumber Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. He will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. So, when I think of these huge things, I think... um, the maker of heaven and earth is watching over us. So it's
1: going to be okay. I love the journey that that Lydia describes, how she kept coming to the prayer meeting, seeking God. She kept growing her relationship with Jesus through prayer. And it was at the point where she realised that she had received the greatest gift she could receive. She had received, received her salvation. It was at this point um, that if, if God doesn't answer another prayer, it was enough. It's more than enough. It's far more than we actually deserve. And, and it was at this point in her walk that she relaxed and she said herself that she felt that, and then God could really move in her life. What a great testimony. And it reminds me of, of Hannah, right at the very beginning of the book of Samuel in the Old Testament. Uh, again, Hannah was somebody who hadn't been able to conceive. And it says that year after year, she went to the Lord's house and prayed. Year after year. It actually says in, in, in one of the verses in, in 1 Samuel that she kept on praying. She kept on praying. And there came a point after her interaction with the priest, Eli, um, that she said it says she went on her way and her face was no longer downcast. And it wasn't that her prayer had been answered at that point. She hadn't she wasn't now uh, pregnant, she hadn't received the answer that she wanted, but something had changed, something had changed in her. And now, I think her endurance was inspired by hope. She was keeping her because she now had this hope planted within her. And then the scriptures say that God remembered her and she was able to conceive. And then what did she do after she had had a baby? She, she gave it right back to God. She gave it right back to God. She, she did, dedicated it to the Lord and presented her son Sam, Samuel as a gift back to, back to God. And I think this is important that we need to remember this. We have our work produced by faith. Um, we have labour prompted by love. We have endurance inspired by hope. And when we receive an answer to prayer, at the point at which the blessing arrives that we have sought God for, that we remember and we acknowledge where it's come from we acknowledge its source and we give thanks to God and this is a principle that works in all areas of our lives giving back to God the first fruits the first fruits of his blessing to us and this keeps us centred in God's provision and keeps us aware of who he is in relation to the blessing on our lives now Lydia was also talking about the daunting task that she sees ahead of her as her baby grows up and she, how does she, say? she doesn't have a clue um, uh, you know, or she doesn't know what she's doing <laughs> Um, we know that it's a long haul thing. It's a long distance race and it's not a race that you can just step out of. If you've ever watched a marathon or you know, a long distance race, the runners, they run and they're really serious runners. They don't stop running for anything. They keep going um, despite getting tired. Tiredness doesn't stop them. Even when they get thirsty, they drink while they're on the move. They don't stop It's a long distance race and we are called in our life and in our ministry to do the same, to keep going, to endure. And he's given us the power to do that. James uh, chapter 1 verse 12 says, Blessed is the man who perseveres, that's endures, who keeps going under trial. For once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let the God of hope fill you with hope. Hope is what's going to keep you going. I heard an interview recently with Rob Parsons. He's the guy who is the director of the organisation Care for the Family. And he spoke about, um, he was in his office and an old elderly lady came in. And she said that she could finally rest now, having just secured a place for her youngest child in an old people's home. Her Her youngest child was 72 and she was 97. Motherhood you need endurance it's a long race <laughs> we're now going to hear from our final uh, mother this morning it's from maxine maxine is not 97 not yet um but she's a little bit further along with her family so we're just going to hear uh, what she says uh about this
4: hi there i'm maxine and i'm married to martin and we've got four children alex who's 18 next week Zoe, 17, Maisie, 14, and Millie, who's 10. Um, it's it's good. It's quite exciting. They're they're in their teens. They're coming up to exams. Um, two of them, the oldest two, are leaving next this summer. Um, so that's really exciting for them to be moving on. Um, but. On on that hand, I'm I'm thinking, what's what's it going to look like? What's the family going to look like this time next year? Because they'll both be working. Um, Will they want to come on holiday with us still? Uh, It's lots of different things, so, yeah. I think if it's important to God, and he said it in his word, it's important to me, and I try and impart that to the kids. So, for example, discipline. I'm hot on discipline, not me disciplining them, but them reading their Bibles, them praying, them having their own relationship with God. Um, Another thing I've always said to them and I've always maintained is, I don't mind what you do, what you do in life as a career, career choices, um, as long as you love the Lord with all your heart. That's what matters to me and your dad most of all. Um, Definitely honesty and openness. I've always said to them, you you can't maintain and keep a relationship if there's lies or deceit um, and I've just told them if there's anything they need to tell me they need to tell me honestly not to hide it. I can't work with them if there's, if there's stuff in the darkness and I think that's uh, crucial to uh, a good relationship with the kids. Uh, for me it's encouraging the kids, um, just supporting them even sometimes if they're making daft decisions I've got to support them the best way that I can. Um, time uh, since they were really young we've always had dates with them it started out as whole days when we could do stuff together but it's sort of shrunk to the old coffee or a fish and chips something like that but we we make time obviously being four of them we need to uh, to, to get to know them as, a, as an individual so we, we make the space for that in our lives and also being a friend I know I'm their mum and that comes first but I know my Kids like me, and they enjoy spending time with me, and that makes me feel really good. So, they are definitely my friends as well. Not a particular verse, but I think it really helps me to remember, and, and it does stay with me that God is the one who is faithful, immovable, He doesn't change. And if, if everything is kicking off and there's trouble, it, it's normally me who's running around in circles. And if I just bring myself back in line to God. Um, and and I know that he's my rock. I can I can cope with anything. So so in a nutshell, yeah, it's just knowing that God is faithful. He's always there. He cannot lie. He cannot change. I would say by knowing the truth about God, um, knowing that His word never fails, I constantly go to His word and just declare and speak out the truths and really try and live truths and promises that are in his word for me and for my family and I witness to them and I show them and tell them and they see what God does in our lives and that helps them as well. Just that they always have a passion and a love for for Jesus always all their days. Hmm.
1: Okay, so there's some great advice there about various aspects of parenting. Again, remembering that God is faithful, God is faithful, even when we're not, when when we're running around in circles, things are kicking off, we're losing our head, putting Jesus back where he belongs, front and centre. Now Paul, the Apostle Paul, he often refers to the churches that he writes to as his children and he acts kind of like a parent, Um, and he writes to them in a parental way. He loves them, kind of in the same way that a parent loves his children, offering his advice, offering his correction, offering his discipline. He feels sad when they're sad, and he's happy when things are going well. He wants them to (laughs) succeed on their walk with God, and he encourages them to keep going, to endure, to hold on to faith. This is Paul's labour prompted by his love. And he expresses his confidence in their future like this. Um, He says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. This is where he gets his confidence from, not from himself, not from Paul's ability. It's not from the people he's writing to. It's not from the character or the ability of the Philippians he's writing to, uh, but in God, in God's character. He knows that God is faithful, that God is love and that God is the God of hope. And that's where his confidence is. And we can count on those things too as we walk in faith and as we walk in love and hope as we discover the capacity that he has put within each of us to endure we can be a walking testimony and we can inspire others to do the same let me finish today just by telling you my own story Um, when I was born I was the third uh, child um, born to my parents and those of you who know me probably wouldn't believe this but I was a bit of a handful um (laughs) It's true. No, it is true. In the first few years of my life, I caused my mum to have a nervous breakdown. I was um, quite difficult. It got so bad that my parents decided that after me, that was enough. Enough was enough. They couldn't have any more children. So they emptied the loft of all the equipment, the cots and the pushchairs and the um, mattresses and, and the nappies. Yeah, we used to reuse nappies back then, um, wash them. Um, uh, but they got rid of them all. They sold them all or threw them out. And then six years later another gift from God. My sister was born. And this was a bit of a shock to my parents. They weren't quite as old as Zachariah and Elizabeth, uh, but they certainly were not expecting any more blessings. Um, And then six years after that, my brother Dominic was born. Now, if you can imagine what a shock it was six years earlier, you can imagine how my parents, parents felt now. This is major league endurance. They had a baby or a small child in their house for over 20 years. They were parenting a baby. You might say God was answering the prayer that they were no longer making, or they'd never made, um, and they were no longer making it for good reason. Um, Now, despite all this, do you think my parents regret having me? Be very careful how you answer that. No. Despite my difficulties, despite the nervous breakdown and everything, my parents are grateful For me. Do you think my parents regret having my younger brother and sister? Well, (laughs) no, no, of course they don't. No, they don't. Uh, My parents would be at pains to tell you what a blessing my sister Caroline and my brother Dominic are. Why am I saying this? Well, I guess because God is in control. When He says that all things work together for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purposes. That's what he's talking about. He is in control. We can base our faith, we can base our hope, we can base our love on that promise. Whether you're waiting for an answer to prayer, whether you've had an answer to prayer already, or whether the future is simply just unknown and it's a blur, these three things remain. Faith, hope, and love. We endure, we discover the capacity within us to endure that is put there already by God. And we know that we'll see it all good in the end. Band, can you come up, please? Now, maybe you're sitting there, and you can relate this morning to to Maxine's testimony. She's in a season where things are uncertain. Actually, I should probably tell you that when she said her kids were leaving, they're not leaving home, they're just leaving school. Um, But she said things are uncertain, and she doesn't know what things are going to look like down the road, what the the near future's going to look like. The only thing that is certain for her family... Is uncertainty. You need to keep your faith, keep your love and keep hoping and endure discovering your capacity to keep going and you will inspire others to do the same. Or maybe you're sitting there and you relate to Lydia's testimony to Hannah in the Bible, Samuel's mother, and you need to come to the realization that God's grace is sufficient for you. Despite the circumstances you're not going to lean on your own understanding. We heard that last week. You're not going to lean on your own understanding, but you're going to acknowledge God and you're going to walk in His ways and you're going to trust that He will direct your path. Perhaps this message has reminded you that you have received an answer to prayer and you haven't acknowledged the source of that answer. Testimony, guys, testimony is such a powerful thing. It's so powerful. We've had it this morning. Sharing your story like these guys have inspires us to faith and inspires us to love and inspires us to hope there is nothing like a faith filled testimony to fill us with faith share your story guys give thanks to God or maybe you're sitting there and you relate to uh, our first testimony Richard and Wendy or, or Zachariah and Elizabeth Perhaps there is something you've been praying for that you are praying for for such a long time and you're holding on to God and you're holding on to his faithfulness and you keep your faith and you keep your endurance uh, because of the hope you have for a different outcome and that's you, you keep going but that joy feels like such a long way off the Bible tells us that Jesus uh, was able to endure the cross for the joy that was set before him For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. But for you, maybe that joy just seems so distant. Um, You're feeling that it's not going to happen. Well, my message this morning is keep going. Keep going. Be inspired by these testimonies we have heard today. Discover the capacity within you to keep going.